Hi, and welcome to Talking With Cancer. I'm Katie, and I'm here to give you an honest, real, and even funny outlook on living with cancer. There is no one way to do cancer, and I've decided to share my story to help and inspire others, as well as raise awareness. At age 43, I was diagnosed with a rare type of thyroid cancer known as hobnail in February 2022, having never had any health issues previously. I was fit and well and took pretty good care of myself. But despite that, I got a diagnosis and I am on a long-term treatment plan. On this podcast, I will be sharing my progress regularly. And I often speak to amazing guests who've been impacted by cancer in some way. I really hope you enjoy listening. And if you do, then please rate, review, follow and recommend the pod. Hi, how's it going, guys? Thanks for joining me this week. This is episode three, and what I've decided, I'm going to alternate. So one week on the pod is going to just be me talking, and then the next week I'm going to be interviewing a guest. So that's how it's going to roll. I hope you like it. I think it's just that I feel, you know, I love chatting to the guests, and that's a brilliant amount of time and then I'm not sure you really want to hear me for another 20 minutes or so. Anyway, we're trying out this way, so let me know what you think. I hope you liked my guest last week, Dr. Anisha Patel. I thought she was brilliant and honest and open and kind and generous and doing really important things. It's kind of amazing that I found myself in this world, really, when it comes down to the other people who are doing really important things, being really active about sharing their story and creating an awareness. So in Anisha's case, she was diagnosed with bowel cancer and went through, you know, surgery, treatment, came out the other side. But as I've said before, I think coming through this, sort of being told that the treatment's worked or, you know, the cancer's gone is probably like a really hard place to be because then what do you do and how do you identify? I know that that's something as well she talks about in her book. Everything you hoped you'd never need to know about bowel cancer. So check out her book and her social handle again is at Doctors Get Cancer Too, which is true and important to remember that doctors are people And they also go through illnesses. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed that chat. And if you haven't listened to it, go back to last week's episode once you've listened to this one. I was thinking about the last time I was chatting solo in episode one. I talked quite a lot in that episode about how I kind of was just coming through what had been a really difficult, challenging time. And now I guess a few weeks on from that, you know, I've been feeling much better I think the thing I'm very aware of is like how much medication is in my body and how that's affecting me in other ways, obviously, which I talked about a lot in that episode about all the side effects. But I'm very conscious of the fact that like these drugs are doing what they need to do, hopefully, but I'm very confident they are. But then at the same time, I'm suffering because of these drugs. And then at the same time, like these drugs are amazing particularly the cancer treatment I'm on, lenvatinib. Like, wow, like how incredible that there are drugs like this available now. They wouldn't have been around 10 or 15 years ago. 
I am incredibly grateful for that. I don't know if you've seen on my socials, but like one of my little rituals every time I get my treatment is I stick a crystal over the medicine box or pill box or bottle or whatever it is. And I write my own label as well. And it's a kind of gratitude label, really. And then I stick it onto the box or onto the bottle. And it's kind of like my reminder to say, wow, like, thank you. You're doing something incredible. Like you drugs are really amazing. And this all goes back to the people that have been researching with these medications and trying to figure out how they work and how to get an outcome that they want to get, which is essentially to treat cancer. And the one that I take is given for different types of cancer as well as the thyroid cancer. So yeah, I'm kind of, I'm trying to really embrace all of the drugs. And because I'm someone who never took drugs before, I was never take medication, definitely not long-term. And if I could resist even taking a painkiller, I would. It's not really in my psyche to just reach for medicine. Yeah, I guess I'm battling with that, if I'm really honest. It's a pointless battle because I have no choice. Well, I've decided I have no choice. I've chosen to take the medication. I might as well be grateful, embrace it, accept it. Yes, since I was chatting in episode one as well, I've had a holiday. You know, it was really good to take that time, kind of rest quite a bit, but also see friends and we're very familiar with where we traveled to we've been there many times over the years and the last time we were there was 2019 so kind of pre-covid and so obviously a lot's gone on since then and again it's that thing I've talked about this before when I had a summer holiday last year you know we went back to somewhere we'd been before like it just brings up stuff you know and I was trying to think about the fact that like if I wasn't here with the cancer, but it was just, you know, fast forward three or four years, I'm sure there would be other things coming up for me that would make me feel nostalgic. Maybe that is just what happens, like, as you get older as well, you know, I'm going to be 45 soon. And that doesn't feel old. But like, it definitely feels different. Like my body feels different. I don't think that is just down to the cancer and the treatment and everything else that's gone on. And one of the things that really stuck out for me on this trip was like when I was there previously, I was really fit and doing loads of exercise and, you know, really committed to going to the gym and doing my yoga and going for runs and feeling really good and healthy and strong. And I think it just made me think about the fact that like when you are good, healthy, strong, fit, you know, physically in good shape, really value that. That's what I would say to you guys. Really, really value it because, I mean, I think I probably did appreciate it at the time. But obviously now when I look back, I just think, wow, my body was, you know, doing really well at that time. And it goes back to the same concept, which is that I have to accept the new body that I have, you know, befriend it, also embrace my body. So a couple of people on this trip said to me, you know, you seem to be like holding on to a lot of fear in your body. It just seems to be you're a bit kind of fearful, a bit cautious, maybe. I think the fact that it was like more than one person who said this to me really resonated. And I realized that I am holding fear in my body and that for probably like 25 or 30% of my life, 
I'm very much treated like a cancer patient. I'm going to appointments, I'm having blood taken, I'm seeing my oncologist, I'm having tests done. And as much as they treat me like a human being, you know, I do feel that it's very personable and there is a connection in those experiences. I am a cancer patient. There is a relationship going on in those scenarios whereby like I'm coming in to be tested on, I'm coming in to be given medication, to be looked at. And I think that when that's a big part of your life, you know, it's quite hard to walk away from those appointments and just like leave that behind. Something kind of carries through with you. And I think that's part of what the fear is that my friends were talking about on this holiday. I think that I've got very used to being treated like a cancer patient. And I have to be careful in lots of scenarios and think about my health in a very different way to someone who doesn't have cancer. But I really took on board what they said. And I thought, I don't actually have to be fearful because I can take my body to certain places, you know, like physically, and I can just see and I can just try, see how I feel with that. If it doesn't feel okay, that's all right. So, you know, I do these wonderful yoga for cancer classes with Vicky Fox. And I was thinking maybe I'll just go to like a normal yoga class and see how I go with that. I think I've got a pretty good practice. I've been doing yoga for many years and I know when to push myself and when that's not a good idea. And the other thing I did was I got on my Peloton bike, which I haven't done for about four months. But again, I thought I can just do a beginner's class on there, you know, just take 20 minutes. And it was really, really great. I felt really good for it. I'm getting back into the Nordic walking with Maggie's at the Royal Free. So we go every week and we walk with our sticks around the heath. And it's lovely. It's such a great time to connect with each other and with nature and to get out and move. And all of those things are just really important to feeling good. And I know that. I have to remember that. And I think it was a really good lesson to kind of shift that fear to one side and just go for it. So it was a great takeaway. And I think the trip was a really important change of scene as well for us and some time to kind of be in the sunshine and be by the sea. And just, you know, what I feel is really important for me is that when I feel good and I feel up to it, if I can take that time out and take trips away and spend time with Dinch and travel. It's just the best. It just means so much to me to be able to do that. And I feel really fortunate that I can do that. I'm trying to think other news to share with you. I went for a scan today. So that's my first scan in a couple of months. It's an important scan because obviously we want to look at what this treatment's doing, you know, how it's working, if it's working. And I've said before, I'm pretty confident that it is. I do feel pretty hopeful We'll have to wait and see what the results say. Now, what happens during this time is that I go in for the scan. I find that really straightforward. It's called a CT scan. Basically, we're not allowed to wear any metal. So I always dress with no metal so that I don't have to change into a gown when I get there. I can just get on the machine fully clothed. Before you go into the room where the scan machine is, you get a cannula put in your arm and they flush that with a bit of saltwater saline solution. And then you go into the room, you get on the machine and you get a few simple instructions like you have to breathe in a certain way sometimes. Do you have to raise your arms and put them over your head? And then what they do is they, after you've done the scan, 
it takes about 10 minutes, really. They then come back in the room and they put the contrast, it's called, into the cannula. What that's doing is it basically kind of sends this dye around your body to where the cancer is and the cancer lights up. So when they look at it on a scan, they can see more clearly where the cancer is. There's always some funny sensations with that because they put the contrast in and then you get a funny taste in your mouth. And then you get this like hot feeling around the groin area and you feel like you've basically wet yourself. So it's such a weird feeling because it really does feel like you've wet yourself. It was quite quick and it's really, you know, it's quite painless. The machine, you kind of go through a big ring, but it's not like entering into something. So it's not claustrophobic at all. It can be a bit chilly. So I think I've said on this before, like wear warm clothes. But I think something psychologically happens, you know, now I'm waiting for those results and it's completely out of my hands, obviously. I'm wondering, like, will I have to wait a week to get those results from my oncologist? Like, will they get in touch with me earlier and tell me how things are? (sighs) Somewhere in my body, I'm holding anxiety about that. You know, I must be. I don't know if there's ever a time that comes where you just really get used to it and it's like, yeah, whatever. But yeah, it feels like really important time in my treatment because, you know, I've struggled a lot with this drug. We think we've got the right dose. I hope it's been worth it and it will show that it's shrinking the cancer. And I hope that it will continue to do that over a really long period of time. Of course I do. So we have to wait. And when I say we, I include Dinch in that because obviously for him, it's also really stressful and anxiety inducing. You know, he feels very stressed about the cough. I'd said before on episode one, like the cough takes us back to the symptoms I had before the diagnosis. The cough is very intrusive, but I feel very certain that the cough is digestive related. It's actually being caused by my digestive system and it's creating a lot of mucus like coming up through the windpipe. That can happen with acid reflux. I've been taking an antacid for the cough and the cough hasn't gone. It's definitely got better than it was. But I think what Dinch feels is, you know, we will see on the scan whether the cough is cancer, basically. And it's really difficult to know because I have an intuition which tells me it's digestive. I'm really certain of that. But then a lot of doubt comes up for me because of where I am in the first place. And how did I get here? And how did I not have intuition into what was going on in my body? It's quite hard to trust that instinct, basically. We will have to wait and see and see what happens when the results come in. So I will obviously keep you guys posted on that. In other news, I hope you listened to the episode last season with Emma Clare, who is a death doula, and it was brilliant. I I really enjoyed speaking to her, and I've had amazing responses from that episode, actually. I am doing what I plan to do, which is I'm speaking to a death doula tomorrow. It just feels, for someone like me who likes to be very organised and I love planning, it just feels like a really great thing to do and to think about. I definitely feel that the more I've thought about death and talked about death, the easier the subject of death has become. And I feel pretty confident that speaking to a death doula will only reinforce that. And of course, I will keep you posted. This week's Voice with Cancer is an unusual one in the sense that 
most of the voices with cancer that I receive are from people with their own cancer story. And I always say that a voice with cancer can be from anyone impacted by cancer. It doesn't have to be yourself. Rather sadly, this week's voice with cancer, Kat Lishton, is going to share the story of her son, Teddy. And I'll play that for you now. Hello, everyone. I'm Kat, mum to three-year-old Teddy and Rupert, who's one. In July 2022, our gorgeous train mad Teddy was diagnosed with neuroblastoma, an aggressive form of childhood cancer with a high rate of relapse. At diagnosis, children have a 40 to 50% chance of survival, which is dismal enough. However, after relapse, that plummets to just 5 to 10%. So far, Teddy has endured six gruelling rounds of induction chemotherapy, multiple surgical procedures and scans, two rounds of high-dose chemotherapy and two stem cell transplants, one of which landed him in Piku on Christmas Eve. He still has 20 sessions of radiotherapy and six months of immunotherapy to go. This means that Teddy is currently going through one of the most gruelling treatment regimes there is, and it may still not be enough. We are therefore fundraising in partnership with UK-registered charity Solving Kids Cancer so that Teddy can access potentially life-saving treatment currently unavailable in the UK namely the bivalent vaccine at Memorial Sloan Kettering in New York, the world's first paediatric cancer vaccine, which could help him stay in remission. This could cost up to £300,000. Please follow our journey on Instagram or Facebook at Teddy and the Big C and share Teddy's story if you can. You can donate via our fundraising page at www.solvingkidscancer.org.uk forward slash Teddy Lichton or to donate by text, send Teddy L, followed by any whole amount up to £20 to 70085. For example, Teddy L20 to donate £20. This will cost your donation plus your standard network charge. Thank you for listening and for supporting Teddy. So obviously, this is a really important cause. And Kat, thank you so much for sending in your voice note. What I'm going to do right now is I'm going to text a donation just to show you how easy it is. So 70085, and then you just write in Teddy L and the amount that you want to donate. So I've just done that. And what I assume is going to happen straight away, it says, so you can donate two, three, four, five, 10, 15, or 20 pounds. That was really easy to do. And I encourage you to do the same. To support them through social media, go to Teddy and the Big C. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. I would love to hear from you. I say this every week. Do get in touch. My email is hello at talkingwithcancer.com. I'm also on Instagram. My handle is talking underscore with cancer. So drop me a line. Let me know what you think of the podcast. And also, I'd love to hear from you if you'd like to be one of my voices with cancer. If you've got a cancer story that you'd like to share, it can be anything, anything at all cancer related. It can be about you. It can be about someone else. You can be at the beginning, middle, end of your cancer journey. Please drop me a note. I'd really love to hear from you. So yeah, that's it from me. Next week, I speak to a wonderful woman, a writer and a healer. I talked about her in episode one. Her name is Anna Parkinson. So tune into that. We have a really interesting chat. Thanks so much. See you soon. Bye.